but I, I love this time of year because of fireplace weather. And I don't have a fireplace here in Shreveport. Uh, we have one at our, um, our farmhouse over in East Texas, and it's always uh, a wonderful time when it's that time of year to go and, and to make a fire there and just to, to sit there and look at the fire uh, and to um, have a time of reflection maybe or just to warm up, whatever it is. It's, it's always very soothing uh, to be able to do that. And I'm kind of known as a specialist um, in uh, keeping the fire going uh, in my household. And uh, one of the things that um, is a challenge sometimes, and also, by the way, I almost blew myself up just to kind of throw that in <laughs> as well, turning the gas on and everything, um, but to try to keep the fire going. So when all the wood is, has burned up and you're too lazy from looking at the fire, and you don't want to get up uh, to put another log on the fire, uh, you have to do that, right, if you want to keep the fire going. And so I, I have this way of being able to stoke the fire and uh, to be able to get a new log to light and uh, to be able to burn and keep that fire going. Uh, but sometimes uh, it does dim and it gets kind of depressing when it does that. And uh, I think the same thing is true for us in our lives. Sometimes uh, we are that fire that is burning, it is raging, and sometimes we are that fire that goes dim, right? Uh, and we recognize that our energy has gone, our passion has gone, um, just everything about us that, um, that we love sometimes begins to diminish. And so how is it that we can reignite that flame? And I love the song that uh, Bill led us in this morning of light the fire because those words really help us understand how this ties in with us spiritually, that uh, sometimes that fire that uh, has been lit inside of us, uh, when Jesus comes into our lives and we recognize what that means and we feel that sense of forgiveness and, and that sense of reconciliation that we have with God and we get on that spiritual high, but then other things get into our lives that lead us away from that fire. And we appreciate the fire, but we don't pay attention to it, and we don't keep it going. And so, uh, as Paul writes to Timothy, as we've heard in this letter, uh, this second letter that he writes to Timothy, there are some words here about making sure, Timothy, that you don't let your fire go out, that you rekindle that flame that is there within you, that gift of God. I don't know if you're there this morning or not, spiritually. Uh, I don't know if you're feeling like that flame is about to go out. Uh, but sometimes I feel that way. And I, I have to believe that you feel that way sometimes too. So how is it that we can rekindle that flame that is within us? Well, Paul does give some great uh, tips to Timothy. Uh, and Timothy was his child in the faith, as Paul writes at the beginning uh, of this second letter. And so he wants him to know some things that maybe he had forgotten, maybe that he had gotten away from. And I want to begin with one of those things, and that is, uh, and there's a beautiful hymn um, that goes along with this, where Paul says, For I know um, whom I have trusted, whom I have put my trust in. 
I have confidence. I, I know this one that I have put my life and my trust into. And uh, he recognizes that he is uh, in, in, in jail sometimes. He's in and out of jail. Paul is constantly being uh, imprisoned for living the life of Christ. And he knows that Timothy might be a little embarrassed about that because in their culture, in their society, I guess pretty much like in ours as well, if you are in jail, that's humiliating, right? If I have to read about you in the Inquisitor, um, you're probably, have you ever looked at those pictures? I mean, some people kind of smile, right? They're probably drunk or high uh, when they are getting their photos taken. But uh, most people just look humiliated. And uh, for Paul, he's thinking, Timothy, you're probably embarrassed of me because I have been in prison and because I am suffering for the sake of Christ. And it could be other people in that community are saying, you know, why is it that you're following Paul, that one who ordained you, who laid his hands upon you, is in prison and he's getting beaten and people are making fun of him. Why would you even be associated with a guy like that? And Paul says, Timothy, don't, don't be ashamed about suffering. Don't be ashamed about the gospel. And he says, I'm not ashamed. I know the one that I have put my trust in. He is the one that I used to persecute. I would go around and, and find people who were following Jesus and I would persecute them and uh, execute them, whatever the case may be. And then Paul becomes a follower of this one that he had persecuted. And he got to know this one uh, and, and spent time with him, hearing the call that he had to be a herald of the gospel as well. That word that Paul uses about to know is a word that means to pay attention to, to notice, to see. And that is what Paul had done. He had, had seen Jesus. He paid attention to him. And so he was able to put his trust in him with all of his life. Whenever uh, my kids were younger and um, we were uh, teaching them to swim and when they... Um, we would go to a pool, a city pool or something like that, and uh, they would want to, uh, to go down the deep end. Um, we would want to make sure that before they jumped in that they kind of understood what was going to happen when they did jump in. And so um, it wasn't uncommon for me or for Jenny to just be there at the edge of the pool and say, come on, jump, you know, jump off the edge. Now, Maggie Lee would just take off, right? She would just jump. And uh, had, had no um, reservation at all. Now, Jack was a little more hesitant. Uh, we did have a pool uh, when he was younger. And he rode his little tricycle off into the pool. And uh, we were just sitting there. It was one of those kind of things where you just watch him go in. And you're like, okay. And so Jenny, a much better swimmer than I am, took off and got him out. But he didn't want to swim anymore after that. And we would have the swim teacher come over and teach, out his, uh, teach lessons, and Maggie Lee loved it. Jack did not want to do it. And so for me to stand there in the pool asking him to jump into my arms, uh, that was a, a daunting task for him. 
but he trusted. He knew me. He had watched me catch Maggie Lee. And so he eventually stepped off the edge of the pool and fell into my arms. And I, I did catch him, by the way. Now, if somebody else had come along, uh, just some random guy, you know, out of the pool, and said, hey, little boy, jump into my arms. First of all, I would have, I, would have, I, I wouldn't have beat him, but I, I would have done something, right? I would have really been upset about that. But, I, you know, uh, he wouldn't have done it, right? He didn't trust whoever that was, but he trusted in me. He knew that I loved him. He knew that I would catch him, and he could put his trust in me. And this is what Paul is saying to Timothy. And it's really what we are to hear today as well. For us to rekindle the flame of God within us, the gift of God within us, we are to know this one that we have put our trust in. Think about when you trusted Christ as your Savior. And by the way, if you haven't done that, I would love to talk with you about that and what that means and how it is that you can do that. But think about that moment, if you have done that, when you put your trust in Christ. Well, we are to remember what that feels like, and we are to continue to do it by paying attention to Jesus, by seeing Jesus. I mean, really looking at Him. Uh, What do you see when you look at this? It's a Rorschach... uh, Ink blot, right? What do you see there? A skull. A skull? Somebody said Jesus. So somebody, Gary, did you get that? You had a lot of coffee this morning, didn't you? Um, okay, so now what do you see there? It looks a little more like Jesus on that side, right? Um, and sometimes we don't recognize Jesus. Or sometimes we're so busy looking at other things that we're not noticing. Jesus around us. And so we need to get to know Jesus so well that we see him everywhere and that we are able to to observe and to see why it is that we should put our trust in him. So that's what Paul says to Timothy. But he also says, guard your treasure. That's something else you'll see here in this letter. Um, He mentions a whole lot of stuff here about faith, and uh, about what it means to follow in the way of Christ. But he says, guard your treasure. Guard the good treasure that you have. Again, Paul had laid his hands upon Timothy and um, ordained him into ministry and um, called him to do what God had called him to do with his life. And so this was a good treasure. Now, Paul knew that things would come into Timothy's life that could lead him away from that treasure, that he could start looking at other treasures around him, maybe something that other people had, or maybe a a different religion of a nation uh, around him, or maybe just the the gods um, that would be in the various cities that he would go to. And so Paul says, guard Guard this good treasure that you have. I don't know if you uh, saw any of the um, uh, procession that took place at Westminster Hall uh, for the Queen recently, uh, but for, I don't know, what, two or three days, uh, people, anybody could go through one of the, um, the queues 
we just call them lines, right? They are the queues. You go through the queue, wait for hours and hours, and then you could see uh, the queen's coffin. But uh, you see all those guys around them? Sometimes you'll see the uh, yeomen or the, you know, the queen's guard or the beef eaters. Uh, and they look like toy soldiers, right? But you don't want to mess with them. Um, they definitely, if you tried to take that cross or tried to take the queen's crown or tried to do something with the casket, you would not last very long. They are guarding it with their lives, with their skills, with their weapons, and they are making sure that nothing happens to it. We are to do the same thing in our spiritual lives. We are to guard what God has put inside of us. How do we do that? Well, Paul says it comes through the Holy Spirit. And we are to allow the Holy Spirit to be at work in our lives. You have that decision, right? You can either decide that you're going to go with the Spirit or that you're going to quench the Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit is either a resident within you or the president within you, right? We want the Spirit to preside over our lives, not just to be within us, but to to control our lives. And that is how we guard the treasure. We allow the Spirit to do its work and we listen to the Holy Spirit. Paul also says um, that you have been given a spirit of power and of love and of what else? Anybody remember the third part? Sound mind mind or self-discipline. And that is how we guard the treasure. We discipline ourselves. And discipline was so much a part of Greek and Roman society. If you look at the Stoics or other uh, philosophers, you would see that they practiced self-discipline. That was a virtue. And that you would be temperate in the things that you did in your life to protect your health, to protect um, your city or whatever the case may be. And so we are to do the same thing in our lives as well. Let me turn my phone off. I'm not very disciplined with my phone. Well, finally, the third thing is to rely on the power of God. And if you'll notice here, Paul says, join me in my suffering. It's not, you shouldn't be embarrassed about suffering. You should join in with me. You're going to suffer, he says, as a follower of Christ, as we heard in the Lamentations uh, reading earlier. And also in Psalm 137, we're hearing from people who have been exiled to Babylon. Their city has been destroyed. Jerusalem has been burned and, and their temple has been demolished and they've been carried away for around 50 years to be in Babylon. And so they are crying and they're like, how can we sing songs in this foreign land? How can we celebrate? They were truly suffering. But they were also relying on the power of God. Jesus mentioned this in his parable about the mustard seed, right? Uh, You've probably seen one of those tea tiny little mustard seeds. And Jesus says, if you have the faith, of a mustard seed. There is power in that seed. And he wants them to know there is power in your faith that you rely upon the power that is there, that God has given us this power and that we are to depend upon it and to use it for the good of God. 
I don't know um, if you've ever flown over the uh, ocean before. I remember one time um, flying to uh, Africa. And um, for so long, we were over the, the ocean. And, and just trying to look on the little thing on the back of my seat about, uh, that looks a little bit like this, even though that's um, not going the right place. But um, looking there and seeing, man, we've been over water a long time. And then you start thinking, like, what happens if this plane runs out of gas? Or what happens if, if something happens and we go down? Uh, again, I don't swim that well. Uh, and I don't like sharks or any of that. So um, how am I going to survive? And uh, getting on that plane, I put my faith that that plane was going to get me to the next continent. That I would be able to get there. And so I relied on that power. We rekindle the gift of God in our lives by relying on the power of God to get us where it is that we are going. We do it by learning about our faith, by growing in our faith, by seeing how it works in other people's lives. And uh, the thing that was mentioned earlier about LaVon Scoggin, we're going to uh, have her service tomorrow. 97 years of, of living. And whenever I would go visit her, um, she would often talk about church. She'd say, how's the church doing? And she would come here. If you've been here throughout the history of our church, uh, there were times that she would come and she was able to come. Um, but for the most of our history, she has not been able to come. But I would go see her and would visit with her. And she always had um, those questions about church. She grew up, or, or she was a member of Highland Baptist Church, uh, so she knew this building quite well. Uh, and she would ask, like, how's the church doing? Are you growing? She'd always ask me, are you growing? And uh, I'd say, you know, days that we weren't growing, yeah, yeah, we're kind of growing. Uh, but when, when times when we were growing, I would certainly share that. But to hear her and to, to know about her faith was so important. And to look at people who have lived their faith for that long, to be able to look at that. And by the way, she would always tell me, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Probably the last, I don't know, four years, she'd say, I'm just waiting to go. I think it's going to be today. And I would say, LaVon, I don't know. I mean, only God knows when it's time for you to go. But to see the faith, I mean, she was ready. She had no fears about dying. She knew the one that she had put her trust in. And we are to do that as well, to see how it works in other people's lives. And then finally, just to get on the plane and to get on board with Jesus and to go where Jesus wants us to go. So to return to the words that we sang earlier, may we all say, light the fire. Light the fire in my heart today. Amen.